welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right, welcome to another episode of the Built on Air podcast, season 10, episode 10. Good to be with you this Tuesday morning. Myself, Dan Fellers, and regular host Ali Alosa and Camille Parks with us. Welcome mm-hmm. back. And we have a new but but uh, well-known face amongst us, Kavan. Welcome, Kavan. Hello. Good to have you back with us again. It's good to be here. Yeah, we got to make sure everybody knows how to how. I'm sure everybody recognizes your name, but does everybody know how to say your name? That's what we're going to make sure everybody knows how to say <laughs> your name. Tell us how to say your name so we all know. So my name is Kavon. It's pronounced like Yvonne, but with a K in front, and the E at the end is silent. So Kavon. And if you must pronounce it, that's okay. I had a high school math teacher that mispronounced my name for four years, didn't realize the correct way of pronouncing it until I actually graduated. But he was the sweetest teacher, loved him, (laughs) learned so much math from him, and it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Come on. Is there any uh, history or significance to the name? Um, it is the mispronunciation of a misspelling of a Chinese name. And don't ask me to pronounce the original Chinese name because <laughs> um, I don't speak Chinese. Very good. You're getting a shout out from Sentiments of Grace. Oh, New visitor you. amongst us. Welcome. Welcome to all of our uh, listeners and watching live. Welcome back. Good to have you. Uh, as always, the Built on Air podcast is a hour long. We'll go through four different segments. I'll go through briefly what we're going to be touching on today. As always, we talk about what's going on in the Airtable communities in our Round the Bases segment. Then we'll do a spotlight on our primary sponsor, on Air. Then we'll do a segment on Glide Apps. Camille is going to walk us through um, how to use Glide Apps with Airtable. And then we'll learn about a new hot off the press feature called Editable Shared Fe- Views. Just went live this morning. What? Ali is going to. Oh, Camille yep. is just yeah. it. She wasn't uh, on the chat earlier. So. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. 
<laughs> I think they, they, it seems like they're releasing things. This is what has happened before where they release things on a Tuesday. So you got to go and check what's going on in Airtable before you start the broadcast because That's right. surprise That's releases right. on Tuesday morning. Shout out to uh, Scott who's listening, who uh, informed me about this. So shout out to Scott there. So Ali in a matter of 30 minutes became an expert on this feature and is going to demo it for us. Then we'll do a highlight on our built-on-air community. And then finally, Kavan is going to showcase uh, her latest app in the marketplace called My One Record. And we'll see through that. So excited to uh, go through everything. So first with Round the Bases, since we already kind of uh, talked about it, I'll highlight this is where I think Scott probably um, saw this as well. So somebody posted in the Airtable forums that this um, is now showing up in your bases. So like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna dive deep into this, but the basic concept is you can, in your shared views, you can make it so that people who can see the shared views can actually edit data in your, in your table. So that means they don't even have to be logged into Airtable. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, getting reaction from people who uh, just saw about that. <clears throat> I'm going to give ourselves a little bit more room here. Let me turn this off. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Scott, they didn't announce it, but this is something that's in keeping with what they've done is a lot of times is they'll do a quiet rollout and then they will announce it after it's been rolled out. Make sure there's not too many bugs here. So, so we'll get into the nitty gritty of, of what this means and how you can use it um, later on in the show. But just want to point that out. Shout out to Scott and Julian who, who pointed that out as well. And I think, Kavan, you mentioned this has been an enterprise for a while and looks like they're now opening it up to everybody. OK, next one. Um, they announced this. Uh, so give um, an announcement. Uh, Jordan made is there's now a new portal um, where you can go and find a listing of experts in Airtable. So if you're looking for consultants to help you improve your base and especially for businesses that are trying to get the most out of Airtable, um, this new website has some of us on here, at least three of us on here. Um, are in here so you can go through and find an expert that can help you get going and whatnot. So this will be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, Airtable investing in portions of their ecosystem, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can even see that the URL is ecosystem.airtable.com. Yep. Yep. So maybe more to come on that front. So if you're looking for an Airtable consultant, um, check out this place and you can get in touch with anybody directly through this interface. So that is exciting, uh, especially for those in the consulting Airtable world. Um, next one, I thought this was interesting, obviously a war going on in the world. And I've seen, uh, this is the only one I, I, I shared for this show, but I've seen a lot of cool things of people using Airtable to, um, you know, mobilize very quickly and helping refugees and things like that. This was one that somebody posted. So a lot of people using Airtable with these war efforts of helping in some regard or whatnot. This is one um, by Mike, who also runs a company called uh, Simple Scraper. So it's a scraping service. 
and he scraped all this information and is storing it inside of Airtable to use for um, geolocation, intelligence information. So if that's of interest, check out what they've got going on. Um, but I just, I thought it was cool how quickly people can mobilize using Airtable. I know there's one group that is helping refugees and they hit their their uh, record limit. And I know they're trying to get Airtable to help them increase their record limit to, to help more there. So cool stuff there. All right, moving on, we'll go to uh, Reddit is community. And this is one um, that was interesting. I think this is a common issue. I'd like to get um, your all input on ways to handle. So the situation here is they have a, um, they have a field and sometimes they want a default value based off of a formula, but sometimes they want to override that default value. So what are some kind of best practices where you have a case where you have, you know, an input field, a text or number or something. And if you don't enter something, you want to use a default value. How, how do you guys typically handle that? Well, some fields allow you to have a default value to begin with. Um, I think the text, or single line text, um, currency and number, maybe percent. Yeah, um, percent. I'll let you have defaults. Um, and uh, the other fields don't. Um, if you wanted the defaults to be formula based, sometimes what I would do is have a formula field and then an override field. Um, so the formula would calculate whatever the default should be and then um, have there's a, well, there's a couple of different ways. You have three fields, <laughs> yeah. a formula that calculates what, you know, the default would be, a, a, a text field or a currency or, or some editable field that's an override. And then yeah. a third field that says, if there's a value in the override field, use that value. Otherwise, use the formula. You yeah. probably condense that down into just mm -hmm. two, two fields now that I've said it mm -hmm. out loud. Or you could use an automation that copies a value from a formula into a uh, into your override field if that's what you wanted. Right. Or you can yeah. just, every time a record's created, just assign a default value to any field. Yeah. And then you can yeah. change it from there. So part of it is to me is is what's your data entry method? The the fields that take default values, that only works when you're mm -hmm. in the actual Airtable interface itself. Yes. If you've got people that are creating records in other ways, then those default values don't actually get set. Yep. Um, so then you need to have these other methods. And then the other one I have is, is this something where you want it to be a default value just when the record is created? Or do you want to have something where they could be maybe adding or changing that override value? So if it's something where you're only ever going to be doing the default when the record is created in the grid view, then just use the native default values for those fields. For anything else, I use what Camille said, and typically with the two systems where you've got your editable override field and then the formula field that just wraps it all in one because I hate having too many extra. Fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good, very good. Some input from, we learned her name, Brandy is the sentiments of grace using automations. Um, and Jan mentioned that default values don't sync with other tables. So that's interesting. I don't think I knew that. 
So when you sync a, a table, a field, the default value doesn't go over into the sync table. But I don't know that it would need to, right? Because those are read only. Um, so it should have been used. So maybe, yeah, so what he's saying is, because the default value, when you create it, that value should be entered and saved in the field. Yeah. So not sure there. Might have to explore that in the future. All right, here's another one. Um, so this person on Reddit um, is talking about cataloging their personal library. So I thought this was interesting to pose the question, what's the last base that you've created for your personal life? the most recent base that you've created? My wedding planner. Your wedding <laughs> planner. This person here, I was like, holy cow, this person does a lot of personal stuff in, uh, in, in Airtable. So they've got a long list of, this was my favorite one, the chickens keeping track <laughs> of, of their, apparently must have a farm or something, keep track of all their chicken breeds and, or maybe it's just the chickens they like to eat. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's, I see they they have a base for D and D. I made one for a campaign I was going to run, and I I wanted a, an encounter tracker. If you're familiar with tabletop gaming, um, and I was halfway committed to making an, a custom app to sort of make the data entry part of it simpler. I don't know if I could do it in an interface because creating records in interfaces is still not, you know, super ideal. Mm -hmm. um, but that might be something, my next venture for like personal means. Definitely. Very cool. Yeah. So my most recent personal base was my daughter is um, in her first year of college and she was considering getting a changing majors. And so I went ahead and I created a base that had the different requirements so that she could see, okay, if you wanted to double major, which are all the classes and all the prerequisites that she should be taking now so that she could still graduate on time versus if she just switched neighbor, how much overlap was there between the two different majors mm -hmm. and you know which classes and which prerequisites there were. So that was kind That's of fun. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. It's funny. So, so when they were in high school, I went through and I did the exact same kind of thing for high school. Say, okay, these are all the credits that you need to get in the different fields. So for course planning selections. Nice. That's wonderful. I just did my most recent one last night, actually, yesterday, my son and I are doing a push-up challenge. So every day we're doing a minute of push-ups and we're going to track and see how we improve. So just a quick app and a form that I saved to my home screen on my phone to just quickly enter how many push-ups we do each day. That's awesome. Yeah. I think quick data entry like that is ideal for the the phone app that, right. that there's a lot you can't do, but you want that quick data entry. Hey, I did this. It's fabulous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just made one. I have, so I have eczema on my hands. And I've been trying to get to the bottom of like what makes it worse. And so I created an eczema tracker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I made an automation. Actually, I, I used shortcuts so that like on my iPhone, I get a text every night at six. And it's like, here's the form, a link to the form, fill it out. I take a picture of it, like make any notes of like what I ate and like 
just trying to like get to the bottom of like why I have eczema. <laughs> so we'll see how that data looks. It'll be kind of interesting. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Let us know if you're listening in. We got some uh, some feedback from um, Brandy on Disney planning, Bill's budget tools, and then Rebecca, an app for caretakers of her autistic son. So cool. That's amazing. That's what I love about your table. Like it definitely has value in your work and business life, but even more so in your personal life. So good stuff there. All right, moving on. Let's go to the uh, Airtable community in Facebook. Uh, this one I thought was interesting. I don't think I knew this. So Jonathan mentions that um, the description that you can write for, I, I believe this is uh, at the table level, um, it doesn't support emojis. So he was trying to use emojis and it converts them to just question marks. Um, actually, this is a view description. So he was saying at first you when you first save them, they show but then when you come back later, they don't show. So that's kind of annoying. But huh. if you rely on emojis, um, and other people are saying it looks like it depends on which emoji you're using. So maybe some work and some don't. Yeah, I wonder if it could be a browser thing too. I've noticed like different emojis show up differently in Chrome versus Safari versus whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, different platforms. Yeah, um, on my Mac, the flag symbols show up as flags. And then I've noticed on Windows, they just show up as like the, the code for the country. Right. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's different character encodings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Similar, we learned a couple of weeks ago that links are kind of, well, in views that you might be able to click on a link, but the table ones move away before you can get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I think views might, no, views you might be able, I don't know if it supports links and views, view descriptions. You can try that. So. All right, one, one more quick uh, from the community, Jan, whose most recent personal one was bands he wants to see at Grass Pop. Must be a European concert. Yeah. Sounds like fun. So that will be cool. All right, moving on. Uh, one more announcement. We need to get a shout out in there. I believe all four of us are going to be at Dare Table. So I believe Kavan is speaking. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be speaking about formula fields. Cool. So yeah. anyone wants to see how I go about creating formulas, I'm sure all of you already know all about it, but there's some ticks and trips that other people don't know that might make writing formulas easier. That'd be good. There's a speaker. So it, it, this is uh, April um, 8th and 9th. Yeah. 8th and 9th. And it's in Austin, Texas. And go to Daretable. Uh, is it actually Daretable.com now? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's got Daretable.com now. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to highlight this. I saw this post. And so this speaker, Julian Post, um, I just came across his TikTok. So have you guys seen his TikTok? Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So um, I've got to verify. 
That's so fun. I've never seen that before. <laughs> the verification. Yeah. <laughs> so he he does the classic uh, TikTok videos all about Airtable, and he's even got some music going on. Um, <laughs> so if you want to be entertained and and waste a lot of time on TikTok, uh, go check out Julian Post. Is <laughs> Rebecca I, says she's obsessed with him. Awesome. I love the name. I excel with Airtable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he takes lots of jabs at Excel. So it's crazy. He's got 18,000 followers. Um, so he's got a, and he's an Airtable consultant. So he'll be there. I look forward to, this is the first time I've come across him. So I wasn't aware of him. So we need to get him on the show. That's awesome. Good for him. My husband told me like years ago, he's like, you should just make TikToks about Airtable. And I was like, <laughs> how does one do that? I don't understand. And he's done it and done it well. That's amazing. Yeah. Looks like we've got um, some followers amongst <laughs> us here. So good stuff. Julian, come come meet with us on the show. We want to hear more about what you're doing with, with this. So all right, that concludes our round the bases on what's going on in the Airtable community. Camille, you're going to be up next, so if you want to get ready. And mm -hmm. before then, highlight on Ontair. Ontair is an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that allow you your business to excel and perform uh, to its best ability using Airtable and extending it to its maximum. For today's spotlight, I wanted to highlight um, we've been getting a lot of interest in our Google Docs integration and highlight a resource that's on our website, ontair.com, on how you can use Google Docs as your templates for creating invoices or any uh, legal entity or anything that can be derived in Google Docs. One of the advantages of using Google Docs is your data can stay with you. You can keep it and it's usable even after you populate it with the data. Um, you can convert it to a PDF and save it back as an attachment or use it as a starting template to then enhance and add more to. So a lot of people are interested in using Google Docs um, versus maybe a page designer or another tool like that. So if that's of interest to you and you're already using Google Docs, um, check out how you can use that as your template to automate your uh, template, your document creation with that. So check out Ontair, ontair.com and um, feel free to reach out if you have any questions on that front. Okay, with that, we're gonna learn more about Glide apps from Camille. Um, hello, I am gonna preface this by saying I am by no means an expert in Glide. I started using it over the weekend um, and I just wanted to give my initial impressions and what you could build relatively quickly using Glide. So we talk a lot about uh, a lot of the third-party um, solutions to creating uh, public-facing apps of some sort. So we've talked about, and we've had uh, as guests on our show before, the makers of Softer and the makers of uh, Stacker and- The dot com. The dot com. Um, Pori, uh, for everyone's reference, I'm sure Chris will talk about it a bunch on his own show, but the daretable.com uh, conference website is built out of Pori, um, but we haven't talked about as much 
making mobile apps. Um, and a lot of the websites and third parties I just mentioned are mobile friendly, so they look nice on a phone, but um, some third parties are sort of designed for that mobile app experience um, first. And two of the ones that I think are the, the bigger names, or at least the ones that I'm most familiar with are Adalo and Glide. Um, over the weekend, I did a sort of first foray into what Glide sort of looks like and, and how, how it works. Um, to my knowledge, it started off as uh, being compatible with uh, Google Sheets, and currently the Airtable integration is in beta. Um, so this is just their website, just sort of scrolling through to see what you could, you know, what you see when you first go to glideapps.com. And then I made an app um, just to test things out. Um, a content creator I found or I follow was mentioning, oh, we want to see if we could maybe build an app in the future. And so, of course, I went overboard and did a demo of how one might do that if they have a Airtable base that sort of feeds all of their um, information. So I took one of the uh, templates on... Um, one of Airtable's templates, and we have a very simple setup for episodes. So name of the episode, an image, a release date, and then a bunch of single select fields that if you can imagine, um, one might want to filter by. Um, so you might, maybe you want to only see things by this author or only see things by this host. Um, and then there's some changes that I made to make it sort of work well in the context of a Glide app. Um, I have added a simple formula field that concatenates all three of these um, fields together into a comma separated list. And then uh, this link field is linking to a table of filters um, where that's all the same values as before. And each filter has a type um, a description, the list of episodes, and then a roll-up of um, images, including a count of how many episodes match that particular filter. Um, so the type is actually the pages uh, that show up in Glide. And the reason I did this is because um, Glide doesn't, or as far as I could tell from my initial sort of playing around, Glide doesn't let you just have a page by itself. It has to be connected to a data source of some kind, um, i.e. a table. So I linked the first page that you see to the table of pages. So um, because these are all linked record fields, I could say if I want to search by authors, I am now looking at the filters with the type author. And then I can choose between Robin, who has nine episodes, or Peyton, who has seven. Um, if I pull that up, I can see um, all of the matching episodes. Something to note, um, I'm on the free plan because I'm just testing things out. There are seven records linked to Peyton. Um, when you pull in data from Airtable on the free plan, you're limited to 10 rows per table uh, that are synced through. So. The count will be correct, but the uh, episodes that are linked are going to be limited. Um, something that I thought was cool was that I have a regular count field 
in Airtable that is just, you know, counting how many linked records. But if I wanted to have a suffix, I could have made a formula field in Airtable. But since it only I only need it for the app itself, what I like about Glide is that I can um, add a, a unit after uh, the end of the count. So I just said space episodes, and that's displayed um, anywhere I want to use that count field. And I could also control the precision, which is something I didn't realize at first. It actually came in at uh, two decimal places. That's something that you can adjust on the glide side. Um, I also included fields in Airtable for a sort order so that I can uh, make um, hosts appear first and then authors and then series because alphabetical wouldn't really work for me in that case. But you can see each of those three tables that are coming from Airtable are pulled in um, automatically and setting up a data source was actually pretty simple. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to edit it really quick to show you what that would look like. Um, but uh, when you have everything sort of set up, uh, Glide gives you uh, the domain name. If you open it up in a browser, um, you can preview what it would look like on your phone. And I've sort of tested it out um, on my actual phone and it looks identical. So. Um, I don't know. I'm very pleased with just sort of my first foray into using um, uh, using Glide in which you could build pretty dang quickly um, and how you can navigate in between linked records and, and all of that. I just thought it would be fun to share. That is. And it, it does support um, editing as well, right? Or is it just yes. Yeah. So for this particular case, I didn't really need to edit. Um, something that it it comes in some basic functionality that it comes with is being able to favorite um, an item. So I have my uh, privacy set to public, so there's no signing in. But if I said, um, I think if I change the options to one of these where there's actually signing in, you'll see I'm signed in as, as me you'd be able to like um, have an option where it says list all the episodes or list only my favorites. That's something that uh, I like that it comes with out of the box. And when you do that, there is a column that gets added for is favorite and Glide has um, this option that says the column is user specific, meaning that um, you can see I'm previewing as myself right now, and it's saying Camille has favorited the released um, filter. Um, but if I were to preview as another user, they might have favorited invited, you know. And that's how it keeps track of who's favorited what. And you can have multiple different fields that are specific to a particular user. Awesome. Isn't it amazing how quickly you can build a mobile app? <laughs> it's It was pretty dang quick. I've used Adalo um, a little bit, and Adalo, I think, is a little bit less intuitive, or at least I found it a little less intuitive. Um, Glide setting up the Airtable was you pick which base, essentially, and you give it your API key. And then from then on, it is automatically pulling 
any new tables, any new fields, any new records that you add to that base for you. So I didn't have to go in and link the episodes table and then the filters table and then the pages. It just sort of did it for me and then kept updating um, automatically. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you, Camille, for showing that. And if you want to learn more, GLIDAS, what's what's the pricing model? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Let's see. So uh, if I sort of hover, hover over the upgrade plan, you could see what you get for free. Um, if I go to upgrade now, you can see the basic sort of pricing structure. Um, I think for a lot of cases, uh, basic app might cover a lot of different use cases. But if you're dealing, if you're sort of using Airtable as your data source and you're thinking of what Airtable's limits are, you might uh, be pushed more towards uh, the pro app based on um, the record limit is 50,000 records, I think, for pro. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's either the private pro app or the pro app, depending on how close you're going to get to your record limit. Um, and then there's always uh, the notion of if your app that you're building is, is more complex than just displaying data, if you need users to log in and edit things, um, Glide is made to do that, but I haven't tested it yet. So I can't speak to how well or how easy or how intuitive um, that process might be. Um, so just keep your options open. I'm just saying uh, what I've seen thus far with Glide, I've been pretty impressed. I think it's one of my favorite um, third parties that I've demoed. And this is only a beta, the, the Airtable connector. And I don't think I've run into anything that is uh, super limiting uh, thus yeah. far with their beta. Yeah, and they, they've been around for a while. With yes. They started with Google Sheets. And so mm -hmm. pretty stable platform there. And then just adding Airtable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff there. So glideapps.com, check that out, how you can build with your Airtable. Moving on, we're now going to pass it off to Allie. She's going to show us some new stuff. All right. Okay, everyone can see my screen? Yeah. Okay. So a little bit, I uh, just chose a fairly simple use case to demo this pretty cool new feature. I think everyone's really excited about this. Um, so this is a base of company vehicles. Um, I've changed like the names and people in it. Also something really cool to note, somebody posted about this on the Airtable community forum, this website, Mockaroo, very helpful. <laughs> it's super cool. You just pick what kind of fake data you want to generate and it'll give you a bunch of just fake data that you can paste right in to Airtable. So nice. super helpful. Um, so generally speaking, before this feature was released overnight, um, we have in here an, a page designer app that we would generally print out every month and actually give like physically or email somebody this piece of paper and they would have to fill it out and say, yep, all this is correct. Here's my notes. It's verified. This was built years and years ago. Maybe I would have redone it in many extensions like if I had the time now, but this is super cool because now we can just 
say we have this view here, which is filtered by audit rep. So that's just whoever I want to be in charge of this list. And I can go to share. We're going to see a lot of things that look familiar, except for this whole section that does not. And why don't I just do it for, with a new view just so we can see how that goes. I'm going to go to share and create a shareable grid view link. And now we've got this new option at the bottom, allow viewers to edit records. And when I toggle that on, by default, it gives me all editable fields, but I can actually choose the specific fields that I want people to be able to edit. So for this situation, you know, I, they shouldn't be able to edit that unit number, but maybe they can change the location that the vehicle is at. Um, year, make, and model, those things aren't going to change, but they could reassign the department. Um, sometimes the plate changes if we're because we're a dealership, so that they might be switching around plates on our company vehicles. Um, you could change the driver, the use, maybe the status, and let's just go with those. And so now I can embed this on my site or I could just view it in a new window. But I'm gonna take it a little bit further and we have a little company intranet. This is a site called MyHub. Highly recommend it. It's very cost-effective if you're looking for an intranet. Um, and here I just have this embedded. So I grabbed the code from here and just pasted it into this little HTML element block in here. And so now I have this on a page where I can direct those employees to come to this page and make their edits that they need to make. So let's make this larger here. And you can see as I'm clicking through on the ones that I said that they could not edit, I still can't edit these, but I can change the plate or assign a plate to it. Now here's where the limitations for me start. And this list of plates, I don't, I wouldn't want somebody to be able to pick from any one of them. So that's still very limiting. Like there's only a certain subset of those plates that this location should be able to choose from. Um, driver, because this list is all uh, internal, I think this is fine because this isn't gonna be shared with anyone else. But this is something that you really need to be careful about. If you're going to be sharing this view with a client, you don't want to be able to, you might not want to expose a dropdown or like a linked record field that's going to another table because now they can see everyone in that list. Um, and currently there's no way to really lock that down. It's the same as it is in, in forms when you have a public shared form with yeah. a linked record view. Exactly. Same exact issue. A, a common workaround is to have a, again, another field yeah. where it's like a single line text and you say name of driver or something mm -hmm. and you put Clark Gregg um, right. in it. And then an automation will then just copy and paste that into the driver field for you. So the driver wouldn't be an editable thing in the shared view, but the driver name would be. So there wouldn't be able to... Uh, you know, pick from the list or open it up and expose all of that. But it does sort of, you know, 
you are relying on them typing in the name of some something in exactly, and you have to make sure that the automation waits for them to finish typing. So exactly. there's probably going to be a delay involved to make sure that they're done right. before the comp is over. That's exactly right. What, what I would probably do in that case is I would have you know a, a column here that says type driver name and then maybe a single select next to it that's like you you pull down and say, yep, enter driver or match driver. And then if the automation does fail, maybe you could do it conditionally and have it update to say, try again. <laughs> you, you didn't get a name right or something. <laughs> See that that's one thing yeah. where like in here, could you could have a formula instantly show, whereas like in a form you couldn't do that instantly. Right. That's true. Yeah. But I think you would you still have to do a refresh though? I think you would. Because um, it's the automation that's making the change, not you making the change directly. You're right. And it because Unless it's a it shared a view. Yeah. Yeah. I think the I think formulas would update while you're viewing it. Um, but uh, to see a change made by the automation, I think you would have to do um, a refresh. Yeah. That's... Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think formulas up like if, if the if the data change is happening from a different source other than that person right there in the form view. Well, this yeah, before I would have said they wouldn't have nothing would have updated because all the data was static. But now because you can make some changes, I wonder if they've, um, you know, adjusted whether or not data refreshes while you're looking at it in shared views. If you're obviously looking at it in Airtable, not in a shared view, data will just update before your eyes. But in shared views before, um, things wouldn't update yeah. um, right away. Yeah. What I think is happening is that Airtable knows that you're editing this specific record so that changes that come from your edits get shown right away. But when you have edits coming from a different source, it's not going to know. Yeah, that's what and I'm the saying. the automation is uh, like a different source. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if we typed in here, it did yes. work. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That is really cool. So that's kind of what I was expecting. The formula is being updated, but not anything from an automation. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I Yeah, because that is true. If, if you've got, we have a lot of these embedded views on this intranet and sometimes someone will call and be like, I don't see this here and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you, have, you have, probably haven't refreshed Very that page. Refreshed. And, yeah, exactly. So super, super cool new feature. It's dangerous if you don't set it up correctly, I will say but it's not any, not any more dangerous than setting up a form with a linked record field. Um, just have to be aware of your privacy issues and make sure you're not exposing anything you don't want exposed. And it makes it even more important to make sure that you only share these views with people that you really, really trust that they also understand the implications of what's going on. Because if you go and do that, mm -hmm. and they aren't thinking and they don't realize that this is different, it can get spread throughout and there's no there's no audit log that says who actually did this right it just says it was an anonymous form or an anonymous shared view that that did it exactly that's right. that is a good point and i'm trying to think I, one thing i did try while i was 
preparing for this demo was if you're still if you're syncing this somewhere and i didn't think it would work and it didn't just to confirm if anyone's wondering this does not let you sync two-way or let you edit the synced base from the other side from where you're syncing it to this is a synced version of that table and i cannot edit any of these fields so yeah that makes sense yeah it does um Scott asked, can you bring it up real quick again? Yeah. Um, Scott asked if you enter the data in the Airtable base without refreshing the shared view, if it will show up. Um, so if you enter something oh, yeah. in Airtable, see if it changes in the shared view without a refresh. Doesn't look like it. Let's see if I go, that was C157. Yeah, it doesn't look, yeah, I would expect it. Yeah. But then if you do a refresh now, it should pull it in. Yeah. 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 So that means any automation won't update either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's good. I found also you can't create linked records on the fly like you normally could inside of Airtable. Um, right. That's oh, that brings me, I, one thing I did forget to mention is see, they do have this little plus button down here. You can add a new record. And so I wonder if, yep, no, you can't add the new record here either. No. But this is kind of cool. So you can toggle this on and off. Um, what I would really love to see, just like how, what mini extensions does that I think is so cool is when you allow users to edit or add records, you can pick different fields that are displayed for viewing versus editing versus adding. And so that's really powerful. And I would love to see that happen as well here, where if you are if you can pick, allow viewers to add new records, then they should give you another subset of fields to say, okay, now they should be able to edit these fields. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I imagine is tricky about that is it's going to create a new record, but it doesn't know what filters you have on that shared view. So you could be adding a new record that doesn't actually match the filters for that. So it's not going to show up and people are going to be confused. They're going to keep adding these records. And they're like, why doesn't it show up? Because it doesn't have that validation that says they have to meet these particular criteria. Exactly. That's a very good point. And that'd be a really confusing user experience, I think. Yeah. The other the other limitation is you can only sh you can only do this on a shared view, not when you share the full base. They don't have that feature available, so it's only on the shared view. Um, when can you ex can you click? Maybe show it again. Can you click um, on the linked record? Does it bring the expanded view of the linked record when you click on it in the shared view? Um, here, no, but I thought that was an option. You can't click on that. Is that, an, yeah, right here. Oh, that expanded record. That's for the expanded. Yeah, but not the linked the one. Record. Right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. All right, very good. This is cool. It's exciting. You can do more. Oh, look at that beautiful expanded record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and oh, it, it does look and, pretty nice. Oh, hey, it doesn't. Oh, it does yeah. still say start typing. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, maybe interfaces will follow, like uh, Jan is mentioning. So that might be next with shared interfaces. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is I, this is a new thing I didn't see before. It's I don't know if I'm still sharing, but it yeah, says yeah. yeah, this driver display. So when I started typing into this, instead of displaying the formula like it did when we tried with not in the expanded record, it's showing me this field might be out of date. It'll update when hmm. you save your changes. So that's kind of cool because it doesn't calculate the formula until the record is created. Wait a minute, there's a mm. save button. Yeah, when you go to add the new record. Oh, mm. you're adding. Yes. Is, is that only for adding a new record and not for? I think it's also for record? editing. If you expand. Yeah, I guess yeah. it is also for editing. Have yeah. I never this noticed is, that before or is that only in shared? This is in the shared. This is only in the shared. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So what's nice about that is you like if you have an automation that's based on a text field having data entry in a regular grid view, as soon as you put one character in it, the right. automation thinks, I'm going to run because you have a value. Right. With this in the shared view, data entry, it doesn't say, hey, I have a new value until you click that save button. Okay. Yeah. So. Interesting. Very good. All right. Cool stuff. Thank you, Ali, for sharing that. Thank you. And I'm sure there will be more to come on that regard. So real quick, final plug for the Built On Air community. If you look, if you're in our community, um, let me show real quick. We are at 999 members. We need to get to 1,000. The next person will be our 1,000th member. So tell your friends, join us in the Built On Air community. The four of us are in there, many others. So sign up, builtonair.com slash join. Sign up for our newsletter as well as our Slack community. We'd love to have you be a part of it. All right, Kavan, if, actually, I'm going to share my screen for this. So next, our final segment is my one record from the app a day in the marketplace. And Kavan's going to walk me through it on my screen. Okay. So this is a new app that I've put in the marketplace. And it's called My One Record because the idea is that you want to tag yourself with one record. I came up with this because what I wanted to do was I want to see my linked records for this one parent record that I mentioned without all this other clutter, without having to search for a bunch of other things. So let's go ahead and um, do you still have it in there? Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Being very slow with the recording. So, okay. But Come let's on. go ahead. This <laughs> <laughs> happened. Good. This was working. Would it be fine easier if I shared? Uh, it might be. Come on. Yeah, maybe get yours ready just in case. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Actually, what I did was um, come on. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. I want to share yours. How do I go about sharing? Let me rearrange my screens. So there should be, yeah, there should be a share option in the podcast. 
Let's see. Share. Yeah, yeah share right. screen. It says with two monitors. And then it's going to let me pick a window. Jeez. And <laughs> I think this one. Your table crashed on me. Oh, no. Okay. There we go. All right. So this is just the sample one that I do where I have a linked records table where I have authors and books. And here are some authors from my childhood. And say I want to look at the linked books. I could have a view where I just showed all of them grouped like this. But then if I want to find a particular author, I have to go hunt for them. Instead, what I have is I have a button over here. And I can say, you know what, I only want to see Jane Austen's book. I click that button. And then I'm taken directly to just Jane Austen's books. Um, over here, I just want to see Louise May Alcott's books. I click that button and then I'm instantly looking at those over here without all the other ones looking at it. The way it works is I have this collaborator field. So here it's a collaborator field that has allow adding multiple collaborators. And I turn off notify collaborators when they're added. And then I have my button field that calls my app over here. Then in my child record, I have this here, a lookup field from my link record field that's looking up that multiple collaborators field. And then I have this field filtered so when that field shows only records that have me tagged into it, and every person that is in it would then need to have their own filtered view with that. So this is actually me as my alter ego. And over here, this is me as my other alter ego. So each of us have their own filtered view. When I'm in my other account and I view this one, then it will show me something different. The setup for the app is pretty simple. We have our trigger table, which is going to be, in this case, the, the parent table. And then we select that multiple collaborator fields that was in there. Usually I have this field hidden because you don't ever need to see it. And then your view table says, what's the view that you want to make active after you click the button? And then the filtered view for who you are. So I can actually do this in, let me see if I have, I think I need, in, in order to share two different screens, I need to have, share my whole desktop. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me. See if I can redo my share here. Okay, so stop sharing and then start sharing again. Okay. There we go. Yeah, now we can see them both. Okay. So we can see here, this is when I click the button here, say I like Robert Louis Stevenson. On this browser, I'm KV, but over here, exact same record, but over here, I'm 
L. Frank Baum. And then I can see the different one. And this is in this one, I'm Kavon V. And so that works. Nice. So it's kind of a state manager for so each individual. Each one here, I have to have my own one here. Now, eventually, I'm hoping this app won't be necessary anymore because interfaces will let us do it because interfaces let us do, you know, we can see the parent record and the, the linked records all in one. But what this has that some other things don't is we can have this here where I can add right here. I can say he had this other book that I don't know the title of, but you can add one here and then right here in this grid view, and you can have all the features of this grid view that you can have it by adding linked records right here. You've got access to button fields that can run scripts. You can see your apps and all of that here. So until all of these features are added into interfaces, this is just a way of looking at your existing workflow with your existing base and just adding this little bit of extra convenience onto it. But there are some caveats on it is um, if you don't have this dashboard active, for example, say you have a different dashboard active and you push the button, you actually have to push the button twice. The first time you push the button, it's going to load the app but then you need to push it again to get it actually to change the view. Um, it, it's not that hard to push the button twice, but that's one thing that you have to do if the dashboards are not opened. And the other thing is in some web browsers, changing the views doesn't work. I've been um, back and forth where I had this in Airtable support when I was in development and they're like, hmm, can't quite figure out what's going on, can't get it so that you can do it all in one button push. Uh, but I think it's useful enough that's well, let's go ahead and release it. And um, it's there. So if you find it's not working in one web browser, try another one or try it in the native app. I do have a premium license that's available for it. If you install this without the premium license, there is a delay before the view is changed. And all the premium license does is get rid of that delay. So it's, this app, it's all about convenience, about being able to quickly get to the data that you want to see. And, you know, it's not really adding any completely new features that you couldn't do by yourself. So um, if you're interested in having more convenience, then you can pay for it. Um, Very cool. Yeah, that can come in oh. handy, especially mm -hmm. jumping around a lot. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, Oh, did I show the filter view? Sorry, I don't think I showed the filter view. The idea is with the filter view that we can have, it's, it's where that link lookup of the multiple collaborator fields has whoever you are in it. Yeah, gotcha. I wish that the apps SDK let you programmatically create new views um, that are filtered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So badly. I, yeah, because I think trying to figure out how to create filters <laughs> is really complicated is what I'm guessing. And they haven't figured out how to do that part yet. Plus, if you create a new view that's filtered, what else are you going to release as far as, do they also want you to be able to do view all the other things about views, like, you know, record coloring and yeah. things like that. You can Field see order. record coloring in the apps SDK. You can see it, but how do you set it? Right. Oh, you said set. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If you're um, going to be able to set filters, then being able to set 
the record coloring and all of that is this the exact kind of same other yeah. things it's just it's the it's the same uh logic under the hood anywhere they've in, implemented the and or and conditional groups right. um uh you would have to it would have to be compatible whatever methodology they go with it would have to be compatible with all of them yeah. it would just be nice so that <laughs> instead of having each collaborator make their own view or one person make a, a view for each collaborator you know an app like this could say i already know every collaborator in this base um make a view for each of them uh, right. they would just have to figure out how to do that programmatically Right. I would love to be able to even just see what what the filters are like. It, I'd love to be able to say what's what am I going to break when I delete this field, and am I going to screw up somebody's view that's filtered, or am I going to trigger a bunch of automations if this field gets deleted and yeah. all of a sudden records appear somewhere? Yeah, yeah the, the, there's no easy way of finding what are all you can see what are all the other fields that use this field in mm -hmm. a formula or a roll-up, but you can't see which fields are used in automations. Right, that too. Yep, absolutely. Yes, yeah. many meta yeah. items that they can expose. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, um, thank you, Kavan, okay. for sharing. And then so, I also uh, want to share yeah. um, where you get this yeah. So I was going to ask, yeah. App, if, if you want a premium license, so vongumroad.com is where I do all of my apps and scripts. And this is my one record. Oh no, sorry, I'm sharing way too much. Um, here, it does not have a title field because I'm not a graphic designer. But <laughs> if you get this and you put in the discount code um, built on air 0322. Nice you can save, um, I think it's 25% for cool. the, this month. Awesome. That's what the 0322 is for. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with the community. And we're excited to um, see how that goes. So appreciate all that you do for the community. Definitely, um, you should people see your name very often answering questions and contributing to the marketplace. So thank you. Glad to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you on again. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, I was just chatting earlier and said it was a little over two years ago. I wasn't even a consultant the first time y'all interviewed me and I was on this show. I don't Camille, do you remember that I episode? I do. And I remember so, all of my episodes, and I, <laughs> to this day, your episode back. This was before we went to the live format, and uh, every episode was structured where we would have a guest like Kavan come on, and discuss something that they had built in Airtable. And Kavan's solution was one of like two times where in reading the description before the interview, I was like, what on earth is this? Every other <laughs> solution I could think through, yeah, that's probably how they did it. And I would be close. And then Kavan's was a very, uh, a, a prolonged advanced process to auto-generate a book, starting an Airtable, moving to, I think, Excel, and then to Microsoft Access, and then Microsoft Word or something yeah. similar to that and it was mm -hmm. it was a lot 
it, it was a long process. <laughs> and a lot of that could be done now with the new tools that are like like document and stuff like that and or onto air. Uh, not all of it because I don't think you could auto generate your index, um, whereas that system was able to auto generate an index. Um, but mm -hmm. thank you so much because you guys have made it possible for me to be where I am now, the built on air community, Dan, Camille, especially. I, Dan, if it weren't for you, I would have never written a single app. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool to hear. I'm sure you would have <laughs> without me. No. no, I would not have. <laughs> All right, one quick. Scott's got one more addition to the shared uh, destination sync tables. Can't be shared with editing, even though our table does allow editing of additional. I think, yeah, that's similar to what Ali was mentioning. Yeah. Yep. So. Cool. Thank you, uh, Kavan and Camille. Good to see you. Ali had to leave for uh, for another call, so goodbye to Ali and everybody else. We'll see you next week on Built on Air. Until then, we can't wait to see what you've built on air. Take care. for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.